Hey, welcome everybody. This is the Splinter Talk Show, I guess. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is a regular occurrence or just a one-time thing, but uh, tonight I thought it'd just be fun to have someone else on. Let's discuss Splinterlands. I got some questions, some thoughts, and I have one of the most historic players of all time, <laughs> Stever. What's up? How you doing? Oh, that was a very nice intro, here. I don't know if I'm really a historic player. Some of them, <laughs> I think, hide the guys who win all the time. But, I, but I've been creating content. I've been playing the game for a long time. I have a good understanding. I'm hoping to get more into it a little competitively in, in the new setup once Wild is there. But man, that Lorna, she is, she is tough. I might have to shell out the money just to finish that one off. Yeah. She has uh, been really, really like in the new, in the new, uh, tournaments with uh where they took out the betas all of a sudden everybody's running her and i'm like wow that's really effective it seems yeah i mean that's uh that's one of my go-to's for bronze and stuff or just spam it on up get get yourself all the way up to silver or you know even some of that bronze in sports league tournament lorna's definitely being used quite a bit yeah and i have a level four so that i can use it in bronze and silver tournaments nice. but all of a sudden i'm like Boy, it's just showing up in these gold and tournaments so I can see in the modern ladder she's going to be probably a pretty popular one. Well, there you go. Steve are already giving you the card that's going to pump. So if you want to go buy a card that's going to 10x, uh, that's the one, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one definitely has a chance. All the dice summoners, I think, will become a lot more popular in the modern format because um, they'll be the three cost ones. Um, yeah. So... Definitely potential. Well, I got some uh, things I want to talk about, but just thank you guys, chat, for coming by. Uh, thank you for Splinterlands, of course, always. Splinterlands. Splinterlands, yeah. Thank you, Splinterlands. Yeah. Splinterlands pretty cool, too. But uh, what, <laughs> what I meant to say was uh, to shout out real quick our uh, amazing sponsor, Zen Sports. So, Zen Sports, thank you for uh, hosting these, helping me do more content, and hopefully we can do more of these Splinter Talk shows uh, sponsored by Zen Sports as well. So I got some uh, ideas I want to kick around today. And I, you know, I don't know about you, Stever, but I don't know if you've noticed on your channel or just the community. It seems like, you know, things are a little bit negative right now. I don't know if you get that overall feeling, even with some of the news coming out, like uh, we'll, we'll, you know, address certain topics as we move along. But I, I want to know if you also feel that sentiment, like just whether it's Discord or, YouTube, there's still the people that are really positive, but it seems like more and more people are questioning what the team is doing or questioning, hey, like what is actually gonna happen in this game? Is it gonna last? All these things. Do you get that feeling as well from the community right now, or at least part of the community? I haven't seen as much of them questioning the team in my community. Um, it might be my community is still pretty small. My telegram's pretty small. Most of those players have been around for a while now. And I've been helping them out for a while with my votes and the tip you votes. So I've helped them move up from being, you know, like low level bronze to being silver and gold players over the last like couple months. Um, I think the overall impression though, is that we're reaching like we are, you know, it feels like crypto's heading into a bear market. It feels like there's a lot of outside pressures doing that. Um, and definitely I can tell that there's, there's a class of player that has, is going to be really upset right now. And that's mm -hmm. the guys who got in at the top. I mean, DEC is down a ton 
from its all-time high and i, I on my channel i was telling everyone it wouldn't stay there <laughs> but right not everybody watches me and there's probably a lot of people who came in and bought a lot of dec thinking they'd get some sps the dec fell apart um down like 70 percent or something from those highs maybe even a little bit more and they're probably sitting on a big loss and they don't see how they're going to make their money back and you know, my, the reality is we we entered like a bubble i felt mm -hmm. like and a lot of people didn't see that and i was like you know coins can't be 10 10 times their peg in a in the store when that's the only thing that protects them um and sps the other thing I will admit that's hurt it is the team did not has not delivered on the time frame of like SPS validators and SPS governance. And those are the only real things that pushes value into SPS. Yeah. So that that's definitely a miss on their part. But at the same time, I forgive them because the game did blow up. Mm -hmm. It went from a game with a few thousand players to, uh, you know, you, we could debate how many, right. because it's it's hard to tell because there are a lot of bots, yep. but it's certainly more than a few thousand players. They weren't ready for that. They had server issues. They had game issues. Yep. Um, and they had to put out those fires. And then they finally started to staff up. And anybody knows if I work in IT, you bring a new guy in, he, you don't just go, hey, go fix all the problems. You got to right. introduce him to the systems, the codes, yep. how you built things. So there's there's a ramp up time of it. You know, if they're good people, maybe a week or two, but typically a little bit longer. Yeah, so. no, I agree. I think that, you know, we're, we're starting to see, you know, in a bear market that, hey, like, are these people actually here to play the game and enjoy it or are they here just to earn just to get that paycheck or you know that boost in their investment and then once that kind of dries out or hits lower then they lose interest in the game potentially right and i think uh -huh. that's a lot of what we're seeing and that's kind of what i want to have you here specifically for tonight you know, I kind of put the clickbait out there, you know, doom or boom for Splinterlands. You know, you got to get a little clickbait going on <laughs> yeah. YouTube if you want any success. So I'll, I'll admit it, you know, but uh, I, I just want to get your opinion as a player. You know, I've been playing for, you know, a little bit over half a year and you're almost at three years. I, I forget. Yeah, I'm at like three years playing. The okay. Game. So here's my experience and, and I want you to maybe give us a, a broader picture of the history and then we can talk about more of the recent like waka all those you know the music partnership all those things but for me that someone got into the game at more of the high point right back in august or when it started picking up a little bit before the high point but pretty pretty dang close to the high point you know everyone back then when when we were doing videos when we were you know you could put out a crappy video and it would get four or five k views right <laughs> like you just make any splinterlands content and it would just explode and now it's like okay you know the content even if i put out a really good video maybe it's like a thousand or so views and back then it was like everyone that said anything about splinterlands it was always positive like look how much money i'm making even if it wasn't some of these like crazy pump and dump games like some games are like you know make the hundred dollars a day it was still like yeah even in silver you, know, you can make a, a decent amount of money yeah, renting market, you know, with DEC price being so high, it was so viable to rent as high as you want as long as you were good at the game and you can make a profit, right? And then as you said, the market going down, DEC going down, people, you know, the, we had the first reward change where it knocked out bronze uh, three and novice rewards and kind of changed up the system. So I don't know, there's, it seems like we have two things of the bear market hitting and then, you know, people being mad at 
well, okay, Splinterlands has really gutted some of my rewards at, as a bottom tier player that has put in, you know, like my $1 series, right? <laughs> like that That is the kind of people that are, are complaining like, hey, I, I put $10 in this game. Why am I not making $10 a month? I think that's that's some of what we're seeing it, that is like, okay, is that really realistic? But then there's other people, as you said, that have bought in at the top. You know, I remember especially some of those old or some of those newer printed reward cards a couple months ago, like O'Shaughness was freaking 60 bucks, right? <laughs> and, and so we could be playing a game and randomly get a legendary card that was worth $60 in value. And we're all celebrating, we're cheering like, oh, Splinterlands is the best game ever, go company. Like you're doing it, this is awesome. And now, you know, we've seen that drop from our $60 card to whatever it is, $550 now. So, yeah, I, th I picked uh, some up for $480 on a bid the other day. Yeah, so, I, yeah exactly. So I think, I think some people are just feeling down about their assets. And it makes sense, right? Like, it's a bummer to see all your assets fall down from, you know, whatever. Some, some of those cards, 70, 80, 90% loss, right? Yeah. Remember, and, and, I have held everything I have. So I, yeah. my collection at one point was worth over half a million dollars. Yeah, it, it, it is not worth that anymore. So right. I, I understand that that punch to the gut uh, of of on paper, at least seeing, wow, you know, everything is down. The, what I earn is down and not maybe being able to see the light that's hopefully coming into this game. Yeah, and I think that's made people more critical of every little thing that Splinterlands do, does, you know? It's like the Waka, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much pushback on that. I haven't heard much, you know, positive or negative about the, the Warner Music Partnership yet, but even in the, the Town Hall, the q and I see a lot of people like, okay, tell us how, how does this make our assets go back up? You know, what's the, what's the value in it for me? So, I don't know, as a longtime player, I want I want to get your perspective is this kind of your first experience as well with this game with a, a huge boom and then it, it's falling back down and do you just see this as you know okay a, a correction that we needed coming as you said there was a it was too big of a bubble too quickly or do you think this is actually potentially like okay that was the peak of Splinterlands and now it's all downhill from here what, what is kind of your feeling towards how things have progressed as someone that's been here for years yeah so for sure this is the first time i've been here when something went this hot and that big but we had a similar market when untamed came out now it, it wasn't the same but it was a similar thing we hadn't had a set for a while the alpha and beta cards were kind of going up in value a tiny bit because players were you know st still coming to the game without any packs coming out that drops they released those seven drop uh cost summoners all of a sudden packs went really hot for a while and then they started to slow down um and uh you know basically the game like pretty much and untamed it was like and eh, nothing nothing you were picking up yodens for 12 dollars, 13 dollars <laughs> uh, mimosa was down to like six bucks at one point um, so, so I saw those cards drop and all I did was just keep playing and building. And that's because like something that they drilled into me and I understood when I got into this game is Splinterlands is not meant to be just a game where you come and play and you make money. You're supposed to, if you're really going to get into this and you're really going to spend the time, you need to be the fan of this kind of gameplay, this kind of lore. Like a lot of players probably haven't gone to the lore site and read about the cards. And so they don't get an emotional attachment mm -hmm. to the game because they're looking at it purely financial. Um, I don't know, like I make this new series and how many times do I see a new player with a small deck go, hey, you finally got me to blog. 
and I go, <laughs> this like right. We, we only have maybe like four thousand people in the Splinterlands Hive blog, and if you want, if you, if you put ten dollars into the game and you're complaining, you're not making ten dollars. It's like, well, do the share your battle challenge, and you'll make your ten dollars back, and then <laughs> yeah. you can leave. Yeah, but... <laughs> I think I think I saw someone respond to your chat. Was it? I don't know if it was yesterday or two nights ago, and it was like. I did my first blog and it, you know, I got like 10 bucks off of it. And you're like, yeah, finally. Yay! Yeah. And it's like, I, that was the whole point of that series is because like there, there are ways to earn outside of just playing the game in this game because it is on the hive blockchain and the team does support us. Like they don't have to do that with their hive. They could be doing what all the other hive whales do post a picture of a banana and upvote it themselves for like $200. Right. <laughs> is that and a I'm real not, thing? Uh, I yeah. Seen that. That, it, oh, you know, it doesn't get maybe that bad and they hide it a little bit more to not not get in trouble but there definitely has been people with very big upvotes that don't support communities and just support themselves right and splinterlands has decided to support people on that community and still like uh, you know obviously if every single player took advantage of it it wouldn't be good and the big whales don't necessarily do it like i kind of stopped doing share your share your battle challenges and just was doing social media because that was easy if you're a content mm -hmm. creator but right. i was like i don't need that extra five bucks from doing a share your battle one but you know that's that's the way new players can get extra funds because if you do those two challenges every week that's probably ten dollars you'll earn every week and you'll earn forty dollars a week and then that helps you out as far as getting more cards and i do know the new with my new series it's taking a lot longer than i thought it would for me to get get those cards and earn that money the the earnings at the bottom are not good right. i'd say definitely um i i understood why they did the bronze thing and i mm -hmm. do know like a brand new player who bought a spell book and was expecting to make a ton of money was like what did you guys just do to me but that's because mm -hmm. that was ne you weren't ever supposed to have that idea and if anybody ever told that to you they lied to you i would have right. never told you that you're gonna buy a spell book only and you're gonna come make a bunch of money playing splinterlands but but steve i i <laughs> i'm being told of all these other games that if i just jump over there and put in Whatever, you know, 100 bucks, I'm going to be making 50 bucks a day. At least yeah. until it crashes yeah. like five yeah. days later, right? That only, that only works if you were first. And, you know, all of those games, you have to be first. If you got a Peg Axie first, you're super happy. If you bought one last week, you're not as happy. Right. Um, and, you know, if you bought, if you got an early on Axies, you were happy. And then they had to redo their tokenomics. And that's the one thing I would say when you look at all the big successful projects out there, almost all of them have token have got tokenomics wrong and they and it's destroyed their project and i feel like splinterlands is the one project that's done a little bit of a better job of that um it's just the one thing they didn't control well enough or they couldn't control well enough was the hype that went into people wanting the sps token buying up amount immense amounts of dec and then their mm -hmm. algorithmic the algorithmic coin of DEC that a lot of people didn't understand were because we were at 10 X, it was just shoving DEC into the world to right. try to push the price back down. So you, I was winning battles in champion and getting like 600 DEC for winning a battle, <laughs> which back then would have been like eight bucks. Right? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, this can't last. You can't, you can't be right. getting this. And this is why I was telling people I'm selling DEC. I sold, I sold literally, I had millions of DEC 
in a, in a pool. I sold all of that. I got mm -hmm. like $30,000 to go spend on, Jeez. on packs. And it was just like, this, this is like when oh, there, there's man. an old feeling, like when it all feels amazing, that's when it's time to yeah. get out because you're reaching that euphoric part. And then right now when everything feels super crappy right. is, is the time to be getting the cards. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing, right? It's like everyone was euphoric a couple months ago. And so it just snowballed from there. And I, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts. If what, what would the story of Splinterlands be if they didn't put DEC as such a high airdrop point, right? Like what if DEC instead was a tenth of a point for the SBS yeah. airdrop or something like that? Then you don't have DEC pumping so hard and you don't have as many players FOMOing into the game, seeing those results because as DEC price pumps, it's a, it's a double reward, right? The DEC is worth more, and you're also getting more DEC so that the peg it, it drops the value, hopefully closer to the peg. So I, I'm yeah, it's like, what would Splinterlands be? Would we have seen a huge explosion and then a bubble if it wasn't for even they kind of admitted on the town hall, like yeah, we probably put a little bit too much value on holding DEC for the SPS airdrop. Yeah, and they admitted they did that wrong, and it should have been weighted more towards cards, without a doubt. The collection power from cards should have been more more important than DEC value. Um, I don't think they understood what they were doing by doing that, especially because like it's so funny. Like DEC amazes me today because even at today's prices, in in my in my beginning life of this game, DEC was always underpegged, and we're mm. still three X pegged. So I'm like, this is still three times more than I thought I'd win per match. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but um, it's definitely a mistake they made. If they didn't do it, then we probably wouldn't have seen the uh, appreciation of cards go up so crazily because really because cards are burnable to DEC, cards went up in value way too much because even a really stupid old beta card could be burned into quite a bit of DEC. Sure. And, and so it messed up that market because DEC went too high. Um, you still could have had the cards go because you'd like like I would like cards to be trading above DEC burn value if the card market was really healthy and mm -hmm. people were in the cards were really in demand. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want to really see cards selling at what they can be burned for um, because that's really showing that people don't appreciate the card at all. Um, so it's just one of those things that they, they did. They made that mistake, but they're pretty sticklers to like, if we put it in the white paper, if this is the way we said it was going to be, mm -hmm. if you went out and bought 5 million DEC and, and, and have been holding it this whole time, we're not going to change it on. Right. Which is good because, so, you know, if you're making decisions on what they're going to put out and then all of a sudden, as you said, you spend 10 grand on, on this plan based on their white paper. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh no, just kidding. We're going to change it, right? That's yeah. going to screw over so many people. So I, the fact that they stick to their guns, even when it's maybe not perfect or not, you know, or maybe is an, a, a mistake in some sense, I, I think that actually gives me more confidence in the team rather than them constantly changing things time and time again. Yeah. And, and like uh, the team is one of the reasons why like I won't I didn't sell all my cards I didn't you know walk away from the game with a half a million which literally could have paid off my house and just been like I'm done this was good good <laughs> run maybe not after I gave half to the government but you know in general <laughs> I could I could have took a pretty big check well, uh, check I, home that, that's an interesting <laughs> point I do want to ask you about that because we've seen such a huge bubble and now things have come down. Do you have regret about that of like, oh man, I could have sold all this at the, at the peak, just gone away. Or are you like, I'm still so bullish about this game with yeah. all my assets. I, I still believe that they're going to go back up. Like, what is your feeling? Because for me, it's like, 
okay, I have a couple hundred bucks myself. Like I have some gifts from you, uh, Sugar Mom, Dwayne, stuff like that. So, you know, now, now my account's probably a couple grand, but it's not like life changing, like money, right? Like for you, you have like life, actual life changing <laughs> money, right? As you just said, like pay off my house. Don't have yeah. that debt ever again in my life. So how, yeah. How do you think about that? How do you handle that? And are you still moving forward? Like, yeah, I, I believe in this game enough where I'm not worried about those assets being down right now. Yeah, I am. And I'm actually like super excited, which is really weird for this space, probably for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm back on peak monsters and I'm doing bids and I'm going, you want to give me 17 cent rares? I'll take them all day. <laughs> you want to give me under $5 legendaries? I'll take as many as I can afford. And same thing for like, people are selling you Epic cards for like 70 cents. And it's like, do none of you know what happens with land? <laughs> do none of you know that a maxed out uh, epic card with recharge will mine just as good as any maxed out <laughs> legendary card and that's true so, just throw all the recharge monsters on your land we oh, finally found yep. a use for them <laughs> that's where they're all gonna be <laughs> but but they're but um it's just one of those things where i'm like there's stuff coming down the pipe and i admit it's going to take longer but that's realistically giving you more time if you have a small budget to amass more of the cards um yeah because the reason why the market feels so, and, and they're gonna fix this, but the reason why the market's so broken, and, and I didn't even know this, that it was this broken until I started watching you play and some of the other people play. But to be completely honest, if you do not have level six summoners on like four to five teams, you should not be in gold league. You should not be able to make it. But you can Come on, today. Steve, I'm killing it, man. I, I know, killing you're it. killing it. <laughs> You, in fact, you're making it so high that you're rating. And, and so there's so many players who right now are super comfortable or so many bots that are playing in the bottom that nobody is combining cards. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so it makes it feel like there's just this abundance of cards. But when you look at it, even with the big set, if people were actually pushing their cards up and lots of people were combining and people were constantly buying them and moving them together, then it would be definitely like card values would, would be much higher than they are today. Sure. Um, but there's no need to do it, right? Because you don't need to. You're already making it to diamond two with like some level three teams and one level six summoner. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know about diamond yet, but it's definitely possible to survive in silver with yeah. level one cards. I mean, I'm even doing that on my alt account, just renting that Lorna Shine and a couple of the cards, right? Like I, I think at some point I hit before well, yeah. I started losing a bunch. It was like 1700 rating, right? Which I, in theory, if I had the power, I could have been in silver one with level one cards. Yeah, and my, my little $150 account that I rented up enough power to get into silver three, it has a rating to be in like, I think gold right. by the end of the season. It's just, I'm not gonna rent necessarily like 45,000 more power on that right. account. <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of a crazy thing to see. And I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder the game economy is a little bit broken right now. And it's not like I don't want you guys to be getting those rewards. But, you know, there's level suggested for each rank because that's the level they expect you to be at to be in those ranks. And when people are not having to do that, it does show that we have a lack of people playing the game. Who are investing back into their cards and are leveling them up and are really pushing them further than say level two yeah. um and that hurts the game even more because you know the leveling is progressive mm -hmm. so so if you only want a level two summoner you only need five cards 
right. if you want a level four one you need like five times as many right yeah it's exponential for yeah sure. yeah so it, it's just one of those things where they have to really figure out a way to to make people like really want to invest more into their decks that's the, the issue that i see them trying to fix with the um the revamp of the rewards that they've talked about and and so they do see that there's a problem with the way the game is that you don't get enough chest in the bottom but mm -hmm. also you don't get ramped up and i do think they finally figured out a way to do this and and i hope they're going to roll it out this the, the way that they rolled out the uh the what do you call it the packs Mm -hmm. so you can't get packs till silver and you don't you barely will right. get them in silver and then if you're if you work your way all the way up you're going to get them all the time um so i hope they do something like that with the way cards are dropped inside the chest so we'll give you a whole bunch of chests if you're in bronze but they're going to be still mostly potions dec and common cards no more potions please <laughs> <laughs> if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna reward me with the pack you're don't give me the potions to you, open you, something you, i can't open you always are gonna get potions so that eventually you will buy a pack they, that, they that's did talk the about creating new potions though and updating the potions so maybe we can actually get useful potions for people who are in bronze where it doesn't feel so bad to get potions uh, i'll bust your bubble a little on that one i'm pretty sure they're talking about putting those potions in the new shop they're going to make for vouchers mm. and so it's going to be one of those cool potions that you can that you can buy with vouchers don't burst my um. bubble steve i want my <laughs> i want my bubble it makes me feel better <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but but like the thing is, and, and I know it, a lot of people might not like this, but I don't think you're supposed to get big rewards in bronze. I, I, I think that's supposed to be your intro to the game and mm. you're just supposed to see how this works. You're supposed to get a feeling for if you like it yeah. and then you're supposed to make the investment to get out of bronze. Right. Well, and I think that's the problem with a lot of these NFT games and the expectations. As I said earlier, it's like a lot of these people, you know, like the countries like the Philippines, they're actually having to play these games to make a living because their job economy is so crap, right? So they're yeah. actually making more playing these games. And that's where I think it's created this FOMO of, well, I need to be finding those games that are actually going to make me a living. I can just quit my job and play video games, right? And and the reality is, if if it was actually that lucrative and sustainable to make a full-time living across the world in video gaming, everyone would be doing it, right? Or at least like, I don't know, 70, 80% of the world would say, yeah, I'll quit my job and I'll just go play video games. And obviously that's not gonna be sustainable. Like the, the thing about NFT games that I don't think people realize is where's the money coming from? Money is only coming from if people are putting money into the game. The, the thing mm -hmm. about the play to earn is that the developers are just creating an economy where everyone gets to share in that value. But if no one's putting money into the game, the economy isn't going to be sustainable. So I think we all need to really adjust our expectations that I can't just put $11 into a game like I'm doing and instantly get $1,000. I actually think that series will work eventually, right? Mm -hmm. But it's probably going to take years, not like this expectation that I'm going to hit somehow $11 to $1,000 by playing a game for a month. And I think no. that's... That's the problem is that in bronze, I think they can change the rewards because it does feel painful at times and it feels very, very grindy. So I think they could maybe give some more incentives like they're talking about. But yeah, I don't think we should have the norm of NFT game, not just Splinterlands, any game to put in, you know, 10, 20, $30 and expect to make all that back and more within a couple weeks. 
Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't think that expectation should be given to anyone because that's not really the way it should work. Because if it did work like that, the game would never survive. Because mm -hmm. if all you're doing is giving $10 and that $10 doesn't really go into the economy, that goes to Splinterlands. And that, so that's one other way they get money, right, for their mm -hmm. company and all their employees. So for you to actually become a part of the economy, you have to go out into the marketplace and then buy cards um, or buy packs. But honestly, we both know this. It's better to go buy cards than packs if you just want to move up. Yeah. Um, packs, you, packs are really meant for when you've gotten a little bit higher and you want to start like in my opinion if you're not buying at least probably like 50 packs you shouldn't really bother because yeah you're right. going to do better just single targeting cards yeah um and you're you'd have a much better deck than if you go buy a couple packs and I, this sure. is from the guy who said hey let me buy 10 for fun and i got a gold, <laughs> gold legendary but, <laughs> yeah don't no one should expect that ever <laughs> but you know it's just one of those things where it's like you have to like i put i i put a lot of money into the game over those first couple years when it comes to like how much money i was putting into stuff you know given i was only putting maybe 20 bucks 50 bucks a month and then with the high money that well the steam back then the steam posting i was making i'd put into the game and i remember you know going into the shop and buying a couple of those cards and just getting to higher and higher levels um yeah. and and that and that was just because at that time i was just like i just want to have the cards at higher level you know it didn't make any sense to not do that um it wasn't until much later that i realized how much money could be made in the game and i saw that and i was just lucky to have you know some level seven and level six alphas and i flipped those into level eight betas and right. then since i saw alpha packs explode after they sold out i when beta was about to end i'm like i'm gonna buy 100 packs and then they exploded and i flipped those and when untamed end i wanted to buy a thousand packs but they sold out so quick that i only got 400. oh wow um because i was buying them in hundreds and then all of a sudden they were just gone at the end and i was like wow that was crazy because i think other people realize the packs tend to blow up after they sell out yeah so well and that, that's uh that's one thing I, I wanted to bring up because I, I made a quick video of it, I think yesterday is when it came out, of when are these packs going to sell out? Because we've had a lot of people say like, you know, a couple months ago when we were in that bubble, when we were in that euphoric state, like, hey, these could literally sell out day one. I mean, I, I can't tell yeah. you how many people I've heard say that. And now we're two months in, we're not even, or I guess we just eclipsed a half, half the packs, right? But at a certain points, I don't know if they picked up this week because of some of the news and maybe the legendary airdrop pushes people a little bit but i've been tracking it the last couple of weeks and it was 15,000 2 weeks ago 20,000 week uh this last week so it, we're we're slowly climbing and i was saying you know if it's 20,000 packs a day on average right it's, i don't think we'll sustain that i think there could be a potential things to bump that up and increase it but if that's if that stays the same we're talking about a year until these things actually sell out and you know i'll throw in amy's question in the chat as she asked earlier too you know, have you seen the correlation between prices of Splinterlands go up and down with the actual crypto market? So uh, I'll throw that out there as well in that question, because I think part of it is that we you know, went from a bull market in this crypto space in the play to earn space into a bear market. So how much in your mind is, are these pack sales slowing down because people are losing interest in the game? Is it the crypto market being bear right now? People don't want to buy in. Like, what's your take on these packs and when do you think these things will actually sell out? OK, so to talk about the way the pack sale is going to go and I I pretty much know this is going to mimic untamed so it's going to be slow the first about 60 to 70 percent of each million 
and there's still going to be people, you know, coming in for big buys, but they're going to be timing them. And then when it gets to about 60 to 70% out and the next airdrop card has been released, like they released today, and you see that monster there, then there'll be a big flurry of people trying to get a few more packs to guarantee a few more airdrops. And we'll push past that million all of a sudden in like a night. Um, it might, it might be over one or two days because in Untamed, it was only a hundred thousand packs per airdrop. Mm -hmm. And this time we're a million packs, but we have more players. And I know I will probably purchase more packs if it continues to go slow every once in a while, because I'll just save up some disposable funds from other things and be like, oh, I'll buy 200 more packs <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, um, I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know, you have to be, I, I've been in the crypto thing for a long time. And trust me, there's most guys who've been in it, in it as long as me did a little better, but I started off without a lot of disposable money to put in. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> the, the fact is that people will buy them. They will hold them. They'll, they'll expect them to appreciate in value. People will want to have lots to open after the legendary summoners drop because then you can pull legendary summoners and you can pull gold foil legendary summoners, which will be some of the most valuable cards of the set. Um, so there's that's why I'm holding like currently I'm holding 2000 of my originals. Mm -hmm. And and by the time the last one comes out, I would like to probably have like three to four thousand packs altogether again. Right. And, and then just do some really fun openings chasing those legendary summoners. But um it's going to be it's going to be slow and then speed up and speed up. And then when we get to maybe about three million packs left or, or so, it'll go quicker. Now, uh, that's because people will see those last airdrops, including the legendary dragon summoner, who I can guarantee you will be last because Kitty was last last time. Mm. And some amazing legendary dragon and summoner will be last and people will go up to there. Uh, at least to the 14 million mark and then the last million is where the speculators come in because they're like oh there's only 1 million left and then i can go charge double for these on the secondary market so they'll come in and they'll 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 buy them just with plans to sell them and so that'll all help them really quick now how how often how long will that happen overall it's hard to say because we are in a bear market and bear mm -hmm. market is going to affect a game like splinterlands because Splinterlands, in their mind, they're a modern age uh, Pokemon, Magic the mm -hmm. Gathering, any kind of those sets. And so they're looking for people to spend their disposable entertainment money on this project. And when do crypto people have a lot of disposable <laughs> entertainment money? It's when we're right. in a bear market, right? When you're making hundreds of dollars out of one you of your bull market. Our gold market, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't have yeah. a bunch of funds in the bear market. <laughs> but you know, when, when you're making tons of money in, in some of your outside crypto plays, all of a sudden you can have a lot of money. Um, Cause like I'm in a couple farms. I've talked about them on my channel. Like I'm in the drip farm. Yeah. I've told you, I get a ton of town coins for my gala game stuff. Sure. And so when those coins were worth a ton of money, I could sell a couple of them and come buy a bunch of cards. And I would now though, I don't get as much money from those things. Right. <laughs> and well, so, yeah. Uh, and that, and that's around the board, everybody who's, who's in these farms and in those things, because when people were making really quick, really big money, when, when they were buying coins and they were 10 Xing them and then taking profits, they could come back to Splinterlands and they could spend money on the NFTs. Um, because I feel like a lot of players will do that. They'll, they'll park their assets in something they think is a little more safe. Or they'll just be someone who likes to play the game and all of a sudden go, oh my God, I have extra money. Let me go buy a bunch of cards. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think for the casual player, you know, 
as you're saying, their crypto going up or down, it'll give them more disposable income. But I think also on the flip side, bigger investors, as you said, when there's a downtrend in the market, they move all those things to stable coins. And that was one of my points in that video is you can go look at the USDT chart and it's pretty much just the inverse of Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin yeah. going down and you look at USDT, it's like, whoop, right? And so you're not getting those big investors that might go and even look at like, hey, here's the number one play to earn game on DAP radar. Like, what could I go buy? They're not going to be spending, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars on a game like this in a high risk investment, especially during a bear market. So I think some of those larger purchases, especially even those guilds, I think a couple of them maybe have been more hesitant or didn't buy up as much as they originally planned to because we started to go bare right during the pack release. So I think there's definitely a correlation between that. Um, you know, an interesting thing that Evil CEO brings up in the chat though is it says there's too many player or sorry, too many packs for the player base. And that's that's something I want to bring up too and get your thoughts on because you know a lot of people are talking about like, oh, untamed packs, right? If you're still holding on to them, they've oh gosh at one point maybe like 30 40 x of, of their value at their all-time high <laughs> you know if you bought them from the store and, and held on to them and so a lot of people were talking about okay chaos legion same strategy right just go buy a bunch of packs hodl them forever and just wait till they sell out and instantly you know we should expect a 5 10 20 x or something like that but we have to realize right there's 10 times as many chaos legion packs and obviously we have not grown that player base yet to to, to achieve that really that supply right you know we we were talking i think in the height of the game somewhere splinterlands like hey we're going to be around a half million players by christmas i think is what the target was right at, at one point and now we i think we almost got there and now we've fallen off of that even as some players have left or maybe you can argue some bots were trimmed out by certain reward changes i don't know exactly but either way i don't think you can argue that the player base has grown much uh, if at all in the last month or two so so how do you think about that is there just way too many packs because we didn't grow do you think the game will you know have a chance to grow this year and so it's actually good to have this many packs what are your thoughts um i think the only reason to think that there's too many packs right now is because you had too high expectations and you got tricked by people saying they were going to sell out in a day or in an hour and even I started to believe that a tiny bit, even though I didn't believe it at all, but I was hearing it in other chat rooms. But their their pack release is supposed to take a year to sell. That's what they've told us. That was the idea is to release one, D, one major set a year. Um, and it feels like there's a lot of packs when they sold out half of their supply in two months. And I don't know why, because they don't need to keep the, the same sales trajectory they could slow down quite a bit and probably still sell out in about eight to nine months. And that would still be ahead of the target that they originally told us. So they're going to exceed their expectation, but everybody's like, ah, oh, you suck. Cause you didn't sell out in a day. And I, <laughs> and I understand that in this world, right? Cause all the major projects sell out in 10 seconds, 10 minutes. But if that would have happened, you would have had people pissed off for a totally different reason because they didn't have a chance to get their packs. Right. Well, um, I mean, think about, you know, growing up with Pokemon cards or magic, the gathering cards, like, how would we feel if it was like, hey, there, there's this new set release. You go to the store and they're all sold out for the next nine months until yeah, the you, next set comes out, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be no fun. And so like the, the real thing is, is, you know, we definitely need more players who are ready to invest more money, who are ready to, you know, get their cards to level four. I feel like that's the sweet spot where you will really do be able to earn the most. You'll be able to push into higher 
gold. You'll be able to win a lot. You'll be able to play in the tournaments, which opens up a whole nother way for you to make money. Because a lot of the players who like have kind of the rinky dink, like, you know, here and there, they can't go play tournaments and be super competitive mm -hmm. in the silver and the gold ones. Uh, they can only play in the bronze ones. And then you still have kind of meanies with really powerful decks and wait till Waka takes over bronze. <laughs> oh God, please no. <laughs> That's why oh. all my tournaments will be no legendaries <laughs> just because of Waka. But but the, still, so the um, you know it, it's it's that we need to get you know the mindset of the players that they're going to push further than that, and that they're not going to just rely on rentals to to power up themselves and to get those rewards chests because the rewards chests, unless you get pretty lucky, they're 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 not spectacular but they're meant to help you along. And there are every single rewards card that like, if you go look at the history of them, there there's great cards in there that are really competitive, especially at the higher levels. But like, you'll stop appreciating like Pelicor Mercenary and think he's garbage if you're never going to play him at level six when he has his self heal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so then that card, you start to look at it really stupidly as you, ah, I got another stupid mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, oh yeah. It was a game changer for me when I started leveling up my summoners. I'm like, wait, all these reward cards I've had nothing to do with. I can make them better by combining them. <laughs> like it was like yeah. a whole new revelation for me. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, and then, and then if you start to push yourself into getting more and the problem before, and like one of the reasons why I, I wasn't like pushing a lot of people to get in when things were super expensive was because it cost you too much money to level them up. But now it doesn't cost you, you know, a crazy amount of money. And I do know everybody else is different. And if you're in a country where, you know, $50 is an immense amount of money to you, then I understand that you're just going to be a player who's going to stay down in bronze or silver. And, and if that's the way you're going to play that, that's good. But we do need those players who are willing to spend a little bit more to help the overall economy. Mm -hmm. um and so i hope we can start to bring more of them in i do think that the, the the growth will hopefully um come back as people start to see that you can come in and you can spend you know i i because i'm starting to see a lot of people doing the series like mine i did 150 i saw somebody else is doing one starting at 300 somebody else is doing one starting at 200 and we're gonna show people you know one dollar baby one dollar <laughs> well one dollar slows it down too much and that's why you're gonna do what? that for like a Come year on. hey i got content for days man yeah. I got content for but, years <laughs> yeah but you don't want to show people that you had to play this game for three years to get in a thousand dollars i want to show them i think that's incredible i don't care if it takes me three years <laughs> if i can play a game and turn a dollar to a thousand dollars i don't care how long it takes that's incredible yeah I, I think i think the better story is i put in 150 and i made a thousand in like four months if that's okay you well you know off. what how about both of our stories <laughs> are good <laughs> Well, I also want them to have fun. Um, sure. I think playing with an $11 deck is frustrating. Um, it's not fun and it's more mathematical and it feels more like work. And sure. when you're playing with, you know, like even I, like I really, I, the one thing the game does need to do, the ladder isn't fun at either side. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I'd like them to figure that out. And I think they're working when they change the reward structure, maybe that yeah. maybe it will. I mean, Rick in the chat, I think Rick is weird beard, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says they have a plan for battle pass type rewards over periods of time. So that, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe something like that can really, I mean, that's, that's a really big trend, right? I mean, you get that in Fortnite, Blankos. I mean, all the big games have some kind of battle pass to keep you coming through an entire season. 
Yeah, and, and to help you be able to like reach some kind of reward because like it's frustrating to play at the low levels because you don't earn anything and it's frustrating to play at the high levels because I'm only playing people with even more cards than me mm -hmm. and they dominate me and it gets frustrating because I'm like, where's the other guys with my deck? Why do I only get to play, you know, Busy and Kitty and uh, like there's like a few other like top players, Clove and like, right. all these people well, because there's like a handful. It's not good that when I get to the top, like my deck shouldn't be like I've reached as high as like top 50. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm missing all the beta legendary summoners. I don't have the dice summoners. I shouldn't be a top 50 player. I just shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and i don't usually finish there but i get there for a time and then the game's just not fun anymore because i'm like this is ridiculous they have yeah, everything for sure and so i know how people feel when they when you play somebody who you think has everything because I, I run into it too and and it can be it can be quite frustrating and then losing to somebody who has everything with a lower the rating than you is even more frustrating in the top right. because you lose a lot of points well, and that's the, that's the hard thing for the Splinterlands team, and I don't envy their job at all, honestly, because you see things like, hey, we need to change the rewards at the bottom because, you know, bots are abusing them or new players aren't putting anything into the game and abusing it, and so we're going to get those rewards and give more rewards to the top. And then you see people, you know, complain, like scream at the game, quit the game, whatever. But then as you're saying, where's the incentive to combine your cards where's the incentive to put money in the game and actually you know approach a higher level because honestly it feels like as someone who plays in gold now and someone that has you know done the one dollar rental strategy it doesn't feel like you get that much more you know actually owning a silver one deck than just putting it uh, you know 10 20 30 bucks into the game and renting right and so how do you how do you do that is the struggle part where it gives new players incentive to actually play the game. But, you know, at the same time, it seems like, okay, I either put in $100 to play at Silver 3, or I have to put in $2,000 into Gold 3. And the reward differences, what, are like four chests a day, a couple chests at the end of the season. But right now, with all those card prices down, you know, you're talking about maybe an extra couple bucks a month versus $100 versus $2,000. And so how do you... How do you change that and in, and without making it impossible for new players to earn anything and really snowball their accounts and get into this game? Because we need newer players as well. So I don't know. That's just like, that's the really hard thing about in creating an economy in these games to reward old players with lots of assets, but also make it fun for new players to want, you know, help them to want to keep going. Yeah. And, and that is a challenge. And, you know, I don't think any game has it perfect. Um, it's almost a really hard thing to do because if you have bottom players who want to come in and earn really big rewards um, uh, without anything put into the game, um, then it, it, that's not going to help your game survive because they're really just leeching assets out um, of the ecosystem. They're not putting stuff in. Um, and you do need to be willing, I think, to invest into those higher levels because you can see some kind of long-term goal in the game and you and because you can have some fun playing at those levels and you want to be able to go into the tournaments at silver and really compete so you that's why you want to have your full silver deck at max level because realistically even in silver if you go and play it if you've only got level two cards and they've got level four cards you're gonna lose um almost all of the time every once in a while with a perfect counter you can beat somebody with higher level cards than mm -hmm. yours but you know if in a tournament you're gonna win, lose more times than you win and it's just you're not going to be able to be competitive in those things and 
you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, hopefully the drive in this game isn't just to earn money, but it's to learn how to play the game and become competitive at the game. Because I did say it's frustrating to play those best mm -hmm. players, but when I beat them, I smile. <laughs> Quite yeah, oh, totally. Because yeah. I'm like, uh, oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I know you and me in the Zen Sports tournament, we just have that little, you know, group chat of the content yeah. creators, and we're always like posting our battles, like, look who I just beat. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And so, there, you know, if you can start to look at the game that way, and when you come to play it, it, it can be a little bit more fun and engaging for you. And it can be something that you can do, you know. For me, it's always been something I do while I'm doing something else too, except unless I'm playing a tournament or something, you know, like I'm listening to YouTube videos and I'm playing Splinterlands or I'm doing something on the side and I'm playing and I'm playing Splinterlands. And so for me, you know, it's become one of those things that's like, I can do this casually. It, it, it feels that competitiveness that I've had my whole life that I can join these tournaments and I spent this money. So I have these max decks so I can compete with these people. And sometimes I, I do really well. And other times I get my butt kicked. It, it kind of depends. But if, if you can't get into it kind of the way, like, you know, it, it, like I said, they want to be like magic and Pokemon. You weren't buying magic and Pokemon cards because you were expecting to make a ton of money. You were buying them to kick your friend's butt. <laughs> right? right you wanted to have that best card because you were frustrated that he kept pulling that out against you and kept beating you um yeah. so th that's the type of mindset that i feel like you have to be able to have if you're going to be here and you're going to be able to have fun and you're not going to be mad when it when the card values are down and then you're going to wake up one day and go wow i have a deck that's worth tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars because i just stuck with it I, I, I engaged yep. with the community. I blogged about it. Yep. I, I paid attention to, you know, people like me and people like Clove who give away rewards and give yep. away DEC. And so I got, I won a few giveaways. I, you know, eventually opened up a gold legendary card in a rewards chest because it does happen for, for people at some point. Yeah. But it, it, I it's a long game it is <laughs> yeah no I, and that's the cool thing there are many ways to earn i think the problem that i'm seeing is one of the biggest problems is not just getting new players into the game but main uh, retaining them right and i think whatever they can do to to help fix this but honestly playing the game at bronze three or novice is not fun and if they can make that fun if they can make even uh the free version not having any cards just having the starter cards if they could do some you know like hey here here's some like tournaments that uh and i know weird beard has some has some stuff in mind that i can't talk about but you know hey, weird beard like, i want if, some tips too <laughs> yeah if you can make it fun to actually just play the starter cards like think about how many games have that free entry whether that's hearthstone or gods and chain there's so many card games where you can jump in for free and start having fun Splitlands you jump into and either you have the mess of trying to figure out how to buy cards and not just buy packs right <laughs> and get figuring out all that system or you got to figure out the rental system to actually go out and get cards that are going to, you know, you know, help you improve. Uh, because, you know, at, at bronze three novice or just using the started cards for free, like all you're doing is there's no rule set changes. The mana, the mana's change. And all you're doing is you're playing against bot after bot who have a scripted knowledge of this is the 95% uh, cards that are going to win every single time for this mana. And so if you're a human, literally you have to play at bronze three or you know at the novice level for maybe three weeks to just memorize those patterns so that you can actually you know climb your rating and stuff and i think if they can figure out a way for players to get a taste of the game 
what it's like to ha actually have fun, even if it's for free without buying Spellbook yet or at the Bronze 3 level, then I think there's more people that are going to be more interested to actually start buying into this game. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles and things that we could see change because honestly playing at that $1 account until I rent to, you know, bronze one or silver, like the game actually isn't fun. And that, and that's what I hear the most is like, I just feel like I'm just getting beat down by bots here in bronze. Like what's the point? Yeah, I have to admit like the $10 spell book intro to the game is not good. And I almost wish they would remove it because it's not any fun. And I think it would be almost cooler if they had like, a $20 and $40 and like $60 version of an entry that came with like a level two team or two level two teams or three level two teams and um, had, you know, had some way for them to maybe give you a little bit of a higher advantage or something like that. Or it was just kind of it needs to be more common knowledge that you can't put just $10 into this game and play. Um, not not realistically it's not you're not going to have a good experience you're not going to have any rc you're not going to know about hive you're not going to go post about the game so that you get you know even doing a post and earning like three dollars can be fun for somebody who you know like anybody else ever go to write something about a fun game they played and get paid for it i mean <laughs> right. most people don't um so it's one of those things to where like if you're not you know really brought into the game and that's why my series is almost focusing a lot on the hive side of the game because i feel like that's where the financial enjoyment can kind of come from in the beginning when you don't have it and then you can push past 10 or 11 dollars into the game and you can buy a couple summoners and you can get them to level two because i know those bots are hard to beat but if you're playing level one cards but if you're playing level two cards they're not um mm -hmm. and you'll win those matchups once you learn them and i would say you know, I do have to adjust for the fact that I played these games my whole life. But you, after the bots beat you like uh, three times in low mana, you realize that they all use death. And in the, the higher mana, they all use blue. And then, in right. you know, it's pretty much those two in yeah. the beginning. That's it. It's just death and blue. So, I mean, I think most people will catch on to that relatively quickly, level those cards, and then you'll win that fight because your card is a higher level. But if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to invest, you know, I would say around 75 dollars into the game then you're gonna have a tough time and i don't know how they solve that without messing up the um overall economic economics of the game because you do need players to put money in any mm -hmm. any game ecosystem you know any any game in the history of competitive games pokemon needed to sell more cards magic needed to sell more cards right splinterlands needs to sell more cards that's just part of who they are as a company they need to sell those packs and they're nice enough to create a marketplace on the second end where we get to make a bunch of money but they do pull down a five dollar or five percent fee on the on those things and so you know that's kind of what i would like to get out there you know if you want to come in and just play at the very low levels unless you're super lucky um you're not gonna have a lot of fun you're not gonna make a lot of money um and yeah, I mean, it's just the the way it is. Um, yeah, I think though, even even if they can change it away where it's still, you know, players can get a feel for it. Like I, I'm trying to not just explain this to you know other people that already understand play to earn games. I'm thinking about my friend who's you know never heard of blockchain. You know, that's what we always hear from Splinterlands. We want to introduce people to blockchain, crypto, all these things, NFTs, who've never heard about it. So I'm thinking about my friend. And I, and I tell him like, hey, you can go buy 60 bucks on your Xbox game and play like a AAA title, 
or come over here to my Splinterlands game and drop 200 bucks and yeah, you have NFTs, you know, like that that's not going to catch on to them right away. Maybe they kind of grasp it. Maybe they kind of understand what I'm talking about, but they're probably not going to dump a bunch of money into the game right off the bat, especially if they don't know crypto, especially if they don't understand the value of owning our NFTs in these games. So I think having some kind of entry where, as you said, people can, you know, play around for a little bit. I don't know if they can, you know, Hey, here's a, here's a test deck for a week. You know, you get a silver test deck for a week, or maybe, Hey, here's a tournament, you know, where everyone gets the same cards. Even if you don't own anything, if you don't own a spell book, you can participate in this tournament or some, some types of things that people can play besides just the, you know, like I'm going to get into this game and get smacked down by bronze three bots, unless I spend 50 bucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's gotta be a trial. There's gotta be a better testing phase. So where people can really start playing the game. That, that was my experience, you know, it's like when I first got into the game, I was like, oh, this is kind of okay. Then I learned renting and then I kind of pushed myself into silver and I got those, you know, extra manas, those different rule sets. And I was like, oh, this is actually like a really strategic game. There's actually some depth to it that I didn't experience in bronze. And until I had that taste, I wasn't really willing to put much money into the game. And so I think if they can onboard players a little bit better in that manner, then I think more people will be interested in, in spending the money versus I just came in here, I got wrecked in bronze, this game kind of sucks, there's there's nothing really fun. What are you talking about, Luke? There is there is no rule sets, there is no mana change. Like, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Like, this isn't fun. Uh, so I think if we give that taste of fun, as you're saying, then I think people will be a little bit more willing who have funds to actually put funds into these games. Yeah, I do agree that the new player, uh, like coming into the game, if you don't know anything about Splinterlands um, and things like that, they could definitely have some better things like that. I think some links to certain YouTubers accounts on the homepage or things like that. And it doesn't have to be me. There's a few other it has bigger to be ones. Me, though. Well, yeah, it has to be Luke. <laughs> uh, we got to help. We got to get him back to full time. No, <laughs> but but some stuff like that. So, they, you know, or or maybe has the team make some guides to really understand the whole ecosystem, how they're on the high blockchain, how the high blogging is there to help you, um, how a $10 spell book is like, it's more of a pass to get into the game than it is a key to to, you know, earning in the game and that it is expected that you're going to spend another 40 to $50 on this game if you really like it and want to compete in it. Um, because real, realistically, you could you know just get one team to level two and try to play that team most of the time, and you'd probably win as long as you chose one of the good teams. Um, and that would get you past the beginning, and you, know, you wouldn't be able to quest all the time, but you know, you'd maybe still be able to kind of enjoy it and stuff. Um, I do think that... Uh, this game isn't really meant to compete with, you know, a triple A video game on an Xbox. No, um, so not. that's not, <laughs> that's not something I would pitch it against. Um, no. it is definitely a game that you need to be somebody that, you know, was into games like magic or Pokemon or Hearthstone or, you know, like strategy games. Even if you're somebody who is into like, um, tactics games. Or stuff mm -hmm. like that if you have that kind of mind where you like to think up a strategy and see if it works splinterlands is a very rewarding game and so that's the way i kind of uh, pitch it to people um or i pitch it as a, a community that you can join and you can build up uh, two accounts that will end up being worth a pretty decent amount of money if you do it in a year if you get in and you you get yourself your cards and you do the share your battle you do your share 
your uh, social media share challenge. You don't power down the Hive account immediately and you let that build up. And a year later, you'll have a Hive blog and you'll have a Splinterlands account that are probably both worth at least a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and if you're somebody who has any kind of talent when it comes to writing or blogging and you get good at that stuff, because like, you know, it, it, I had to teach myself how to do all of that stuff. And there's lots of places on there. Uh, lots of things you can look on hive and people who will help you and things like that and eventually it led to me actually making my youtube channel because i went like well if i can get why not go ahead and start showing you know trying yeah. to get the word out and share with people and get them in here just because you know i i didn't join the game and two months later get a, a big account like i had i joined the game and three years later i have a, a pretty big account and i'm getting ready for that next part of the game with land coming out really being the main thing that i think will change things a lot yeah um and governance i think governance will help the value of sbs a lot and when sbs has a higher value that you know it well it depends on how quick it happens i used to say that would help tec come back up a little mm -hmm. but the airdrop's getting close to being over right and after the airdrop's over the dec is probably going to fall again so yeah well let's let's bring it full circle then because you know we've we talked about how you know at the start of this conversation that a, a lot of the news that, that has come out i've seen people be either more negative towards or a little more hesitant a little more inquisitive i guess if you will and so you know that that's i guess i want to ask you how do you feel about the marketing like what are they you know how, how are things going in your sense since you've been here longer you know what do you think about things like hey we're trying to to do this waka flocka partnership uh, as a way to market and now they're combining with uh, it's warner music right i'm not yeah thinking. warner music okay warner music and, and you know uh, are are those things actually helping to market the game bring new players in in your mind is that something you're like uh, it's a, a good start, but we need to see more. Is that something? I don't know. I, I've just seen a lot of people, I guess, more negative than really anything else. So I, I want to get your take. And are you feeling pretty good about what the team is doing right now? And these news, these different pieces of news dropping out? Or are you somewhere in the middle or negative as well? I'm pretty positive, And I have to admit, I have a more unique uh, point of view than most of most new players including yourself because i'm an older player with a big stake i've never sold my sps i've only staked all of it um that i've ever received and um there so i have enough sps and enough vouchers to get a waka and uh, it's not going to cost me you know it, opportunity cost but no no money out of pocket to try to go and buy one so to me, that showed me that the team fulfilled one of their major, major promises, and that's they're going to reward you and drive value back to you because I have a chance to go get a card that quite literally could be a two, three, four, five thousand dollar card, and it's not going to cost me a dime out of my own pocket. Mm -hmm. um, and why did I get that opportunity? Because I stuck with the game. I built my account. I believed in the team. I staked SPS and watched that number get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> while the SPS staking got bigger, but the, the dollar amount just kept going down. Yeah. And so the team to me has shown more than I've seen in any other project that to their loyal supporters, to the people that really do the things that they say that you want to do, they're going to drive value back to you. And so when you look like at a sale like uh, Waka Flocka, what did that 
sale really do? It was a partnership that kind of got Spinnerland's name out there in the pop culture world and made it cool, it, it, you know, because it, it's trying to make Spinnerland's cool. And it's trying to show that, you know, you have PFPs that are kind of the stupidest things you've ever seen on Ethereum selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, I'm not saying a Splinterlands NFT should ever compete with one of those, but our NFTs actually have utility and you can use them in a game and you can rent them out to earn mm -hmm. money. Right. You can't just put them on your Twitter profile pic and go, look at me. I spent <laughs> right. a bunch of money on this. And I know because. some of those, some of them have like, oh, you can go to a yacht party or something. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, some of them are like, I literally just bought this $2 million rock. Just, just $2 just million. Just right? And okay. so, and so, Splinterlands isn't in that world, but the Waka Flocka stuff is trying to get us into that. And how does that help you if you're a small player? It really just helps the overall ecosystem by putting some really big accounts at the top that'll spend quite a lot of money. Because if we sell out all those Waka Flockas, that's a whole bunch of SBS that's going to go into the SBS treasury. We don't know what's going to happen with mm -hmm. it, but it's off of the marketplace, right? It's not getting dumped. It's not pushing the price down. Um, it's a use case for the vouchers that push the prices of vouchers back up. And if you were a small player, you, you could have been speculating on vouchers. They were only like a dollar for a little while, right? Yeah. Or like a dollar 15. And then they, they doubled in the course of like well, a couple my, days. My, yeah, my new, uh, my new thing is just buy up those vouchers when it when some news hits <laughs> sell them at the top and then just buy them back up yeah what did news. i say in our little group i'm like i'm selling vouchers because they're at 250 and i saw yeah. i was selling my extra ones over 500 and then buying cards with them actually with that yeah. money so it was it's it's just to me they keep doing things to reward you if you're here and you have a big stake and so if you stick through the game right now while cards are cheap while rewards are down you, you keep playing, you keep investing in your cards. Hopefully, if you're a small player, you start to blog about it. Then eventually you'll be one of those players who's earning, you know, enough vouchers to maybe get in, maybe not on a walk -a level drop, but there'll be other drops that don't need 500 vouchers. Mm -hmm. um, and or you'll just be able to say like, hey, look, I picked up an extra 50 bucks today because vouchers blew up and I had saved right. up 15 of them. So um, it's just one of those things to me that that makes me so excited about everything is that they've continued to show me that they're going to try to reward the people who have a lot and that's why i continue to buy cards mm -hmm. um i can and i'm going to continue to to put the money that i earn in the game back into the game yeah uh, and continue to do my staking and stuff like that because i've i've constantly said i see the splinterlands token is somewhere between a one and three dollar token that's mm -hmm. currently only worth what 15 cents 14 cents yep. 12 cents i haven't yep. checked it recently it's um definitely possible because it, you know in a bull market a government's token of a project this big matters and when it comes to the warner music group i think a lot of people overlook that while that might not look like it directly helps splinterlands if the splinterlands company becomes a company that other people are going to come to to make games for them then you know like everybody loves that gal is putting out like eight games everybody talks about who ultra is going to be the next team and put out a whole bunch of games so i feel like we should be happy that we are in a, a game where we're earning the governance token of the overall you know mm -hmm. kind of atmosphere and we're going to get to vote on things and they're going to be hopefully here coming out with multiple different games 
Um, the team is going to be getting bigger. The company is going to be healthier. They're not going to, they're going to have other forms of income that comes to their overall company. And I kind of believe in Matt and uh, Agro that they want to, you know, lift all the people who help them get there up to another tier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what they're talking about the town hall today. And I think that's good perspective as someone who's been here for a while, because as you said, you're not you know a lot of people look at you as a, as a whale because of the assets you have now but as you said it wasn't like you know three years ago you dumped a hundred grand into this game right you slowly <laughs> built things up over time while things were so cheap and you know it, it's so easy to have a perspective about me right like it's just human nature we're all pretty dang selfish for the most part i know i am right <laughs> yeah uh, i'll admit it and so we always look through the lens of what how does this affect me while the team has to look through the entire spectrum, right? Of like, how do we help new players? We talked about the problems they're having there, but also how do we reward older players? And a lot of people as a new player with a lot or a a little bit of assets, they'll complain every time something that goes the way of the people with a lot of assets. And it's because, you know, it becomes this whole like rich versus poor thing or like, hey, they're only they're only feeding the whales, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but what what I've told my community as krills, as someone that is kind of a krill, that if if we're trying to earn and grow our account over time, just as you did, Steve, we want to be that whale in five years. If they're not also rewarding whales now and you're a whale in five years, guess what? You did all that work for nothing because, you know, they're not, you're not going to be rewarded for all of your hard work. So it's definitely a both and, and it's such a hard thing to balance. But I do agree, definitely in the town halls, they keep, you know, reaffirming us. They keep saying like, hey, we want to reward players that have been here that have helped grow this ecosystem. Uh, the maybe the one pushback I would have about you know the the Warner thing specifically, I'm interested to see how this progresses. Is because I think this might be you know a town hall from like a month or two months ago. I don't know how long it was, but someone asked like, hey, if you guys make new games, will there be new tokens? And as Agro talked about it, it sounded a little bit like maybe SPS wouldn't be the governance token for all things. So that that's my one thing is like okay. Will they integrate SPS for some of this Warner stuff? I think at the, you know, maybe at the minimum, maybe, you know, a certain amount of Splinterlands assets gets you whitelisted or gets you into these projects early if you want to buy in. I can't imagine that, you know, they're just going to instantly like give everyone in Splinterlands free assets for these other games, right? But, you know, they, they did mention, you know, they don't have it all figured out. Maybe they bring in some card utility, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested to see if they if they do stick to Splitterlands SPS token being over everything, or is this just the SPS governance token specifically for Splitterlands the game as we know it? Yeah, I mean, and I understand that, and I wasn't maybe maybe I made it seem like I thought it would govern the whole thing, and, and it could end up being a governance token that kind of gets some voting rights and some of the like some ownership or some benefits from the other games, but probably not control of them, especially because at least in this game, it's not just Splinterlands making another game. It's Splinterlands making another game for someone. So if they're making games for Warner Media Group, it feels like they're probably coming to them because they're like, you guys got the tokenomics. It works Um, because, you know, their tokens, I feel like have held up okay. I know people are going to say DC is down 80% when you say that, but (laughs) it's still 3x peg. You still can earn a decent amount in the game. You can still open cards worth 40 or $50 occasionally. And even though you can do those kind of things, it's not totally ruining the game. 
Mm -hmm. Like it's not because you open a gold rare or gold legendary in your chest that all of a sudden the whole market tanks. No, you're able to cash out that 50 or 60 bucks and it gets, you know, absorbed pretty quickly. So overall, I, I would just say, you know, that the reason why it makes me excited is because I don't feel like the company Splinterlands succeeds and the game Splinterlands fails. Um, I don't, I don't see how that could necessarily happen. And so them branching out, having more games, um, having more people hear about them. And I'm sure they're going to figure out some way that there's some benefit that comes to us. I would say the one critique, I know they've said this didn't happen. Um, it does feel a little weird to get a game announcement from another company and a big partnership where you're going to go build something else while we're still waiting for quite a few things to be delivered on, on yeah. the roadmap for Splinterlands. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they tried to defend that they're not distracting from those other things. I think even though they're not distracting probably much, it's going to distract you a little. <laughs> at least in the oh, beginning yeah sure. <laughs> so yeah so hopefully they can start to deliver on some things i was excited that matt said the sps validators are getting going that there's actually a team and not him just working on it anymore um i really feel like when those come out that'll help sps a decent amount because once there's that witness system and people have to vote to be in the top 21 to be able to be one of the top validators then there's going to be some people that need to get more sps um, because they're going to want to control who's on top. Um, the, the hive ecosystem, I, I know, uh, like if you don't pay much attention to their witness thing, there's a, there's a whole thing about, you know, who's on top over there and there's going to be a whole thing about who gets to be on top over here right. as well. And it's going to be competitive. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the, they definitely need to hit some of those development things this year. We need SBS validators. Once the validators are up, we need uh, weighted governance because they keep telling people to go to the Splinterlands feedback site. And that site almost frustrates me because I don't get to vote with my stake. I only right. get to do like a click. A cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah so- <laughs> Uh, well, one upvote, <laughs> yeah. and then my upvote is the same as everybody else's. When you were telling me in the white paper that my SBS stake would help me, you know, right. put more sway as to where you would move things. So, um, and and you know, there's definitely older players with like the Yodins and llamas, and who are going to be like, no, 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 you're not nerfing my card. So they're going to want to have a big vote <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to vote it's, you down. It's all the people that have Lamacron. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't nuke my Lamacron, buddy. Bots, but... if you're out there with Lamacron, you better be converting all your money to SVS. <laughs> Steve is coming right at you. But, but, um, you know, those, they need to do that. They need to get land out because land will help the, the card situation a lot uh, with the feeling of there not being enough cards and like people only needing one card, um, you know, uh, whereas opposed to, you know, like uh, I learned that kind of the mistake in Untamed is I only went for one maxed out set when I really should have went for two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in yeah. Chaos Legion, maybe I'll go for two max sets. <laughs> um, so the, the, because, you know, there's going to be utility for these cards. There's a rental market for these cards. Um, I would like to see an in-game scholarship system it would be something I would suggest and, and vote for pretty heavily mm-hmm. in the future because I feel like if I could make a deck and, and, and rent it out to somebody through Splinterlands as a scholarship instead of having to work out with a guild, that would be kind of cool because I even though the rental system is kind of okay, my experience with it is it, it on my small account is it's frustrating because all of a sudden people just cancel mm-hmm. your rentals and you're like, 
you log in and you're missing power and you got to go figure out what card you lost and then try to get it back and now it's more expensive and it just it just gets overall kind of frustrating and um so if you could actually you know build sponsored decks and let people play them and get half the rewards i feel like that would bring a, a new marketplace to like even like regular mm -hmm. players you know i could just make a bunch of level two decks and rent them out to people or level four decks and rent them out to people if i want yeah to. i mean it's definitely easier starting out that way than trying to figure out the whole rental system and even though that might be i don't know it's hard to say if that would be more profitable or not but that could definitely be you know just an easy way of like here's the cards go play you know we can split the profits and you don't have to worry about figuring all these other things out but uh we do have to play the lion sound because we did just get a lion so oh, okay <laughs> that might be, i think i just blew out people's ears because i have <laughs> the lion sound is linked to the same audio <laughs> input as your mic so i have it much louder than normal <laughs> probably just blew out everyone's ears oh, thank you funny. mom for being here and <laughs> Uh, we're still continuing our line journey. We're gonna get we're gonna get lots and lots of lines. We'll see if the Splinterlands team, uh, Weird Beard, if you're still if you're still here, I'm still waiting on a response from Splinterlands. How many lines do we need to get before Luki the Line NFT comes up in the game, or at least like a collectible? So Weird Beard, if you're here, make it happen, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think it's really you know interesting all these advertisements and things they're doing, and it, it's really interesting hearing more perspective from people that are working in the nft and crypto scenes and just saying how hard it is because you know so much of the mass population is still so against nfts and against you know all these like you know f essentially fud of you know the economic and, and environmental impacts all these things you know there's a lot of fear in it and so yeah it's it's really interesting to to see you know maybe they're not doing it perfectly right now but they're doing something right <laughs> so it's like i would rather have them say something that we're doing something we're creating partnerships we're putting stuff out there even if it's not maybe perfectly crafted how i would want again specifically just looking from my viewpoint it's like at least they're doing something and as you said earlier you know think about how the the storyline of this game you know how much problems they had just with the servers you know three four months ago and how much effort they had to put all their team pretty much just into that and now they've you know settled those things down they've built their team you know oh gosh what is it like a maybe 10x <laughs> over yeah. the last couple months so i i really think you know now is the time you know with all this negative sentiment and feelings towards some of these news is like i think we can just be patient like yes we're in a bear market everyone's a little bit upset that all of our assets went down it's just part of crypto it's just part of nft gaming like if you want a safe investment this is not the space for you right like go put it in a in a bond or i don't know some kind of stock or, you know s p 500 sure whatever and, and so you know i think just a lot of gamers aren't used to the investment space i you know I, it's newer to me having to see my assets go up and then go back down so i think that's where a lot of the negative feelings comes from and i think we just need to give the team a little more time you know as you said they have a lot on the roadmap they have a lot coming and you know the, the team is just getting started for a lot. The mass majority of the team is just probably still catching up to what is going on in the project. So for me, I think my, my point of view is like, yeah, okay. Not everything is going exactly how I perceive it and want it to be, but that's okay. Like I can be patient now. If, if it feels like in six months from now, uh, we haven't sold any more packs. There's no land. There's no SPS validators. If in somehow six months, none of those things come to fruition, 
then I might be, you know, a little bit hesitant. Then I might be pretty worried about what's going on. But yeah. I, I think we just need to give the team a little more time and a little more credibility. Yeah, I, I feel like, honestly, like within the next like three months, if we don't see SPS validators, like a lot of movement on that, that's when I would start to be disappointed. Because at this point, they put out there, I have a team, I have a whole team that's going to be working on it. They need like a week to get up to speed, and then they're going to really crank that out. And at the same thing, Agri was kind of mentioning that the land people should be able to put out some posts with some info on the land, even if it won't be built. So we understand it a little bit better and, you know, where they're going with that, because, you know, it, it's definitely different from when they first started it because they weren't going to have, you know, it kind of went from just like you're going to have your land and it's going to produce things and you're going to make cards. And then all of a sudden now they're actually going to add in some open areas on the map that we can fight over as guilds and, and stuff like that, or, or as land owners. I don't know, because I haven't said, but the, they've, they've expanded it to be more than just kind of a, I almost felt like the idle Splinter Lands game, right? Where you go check it and you farm your resources and then right. you craft things. So um, that, that you know, really understanding what that's going to be will be something that I think will will help us understand what's going to happen there. Cause I've heard everything from every land plot will need a summoner to every land plot won't need anything but one monster. And I, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a lot, like a lot of different speculation. And so actually knowing what's going on with that, I think would make us all feel a lot better, especially people who've been holding land for a long time, because my, my like I told you, I have two tracks and they were, were worth a lot of money at, at the top. And I thought about selling one, but I'm like, no, I want to know what this is before I would sell one. Right. And now they've come all the way back down. And and so that that one probably hurt me the most when I thought when I think about the things I thought about doing and didn't do. Yeah. Um, and that's the hard thing. You know, we're all going to have regrets in these games. Yeah. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. I've <laughs> even as a player that's newer. In the last six months, there's definitely times where like, hmm, looking back on it, what I've learned now, I should not have made that decision, right? You know, it just happens. Yeah, yeah, it does. And and like the big thing that I, I, every time I like I look at the game now, I'm I'm because I, the reason why I'm excited, the reason why I started buying rewards cards again, and just I'm buying Chaos Legion cards. My next thing I'm going to be doing is just buying lots of commons, um, because one of the old tricks from one of the more big whales and splinter lands is just buy a whole bunch of commons because if they cost you two to three cents and you're willing to hold them for a couple of years they're going to be worth 50 cents later on and that's like a 15 or 16 x right yeah <laughs> i mean someone in my chat i think they're joking but they're like my goal is a million common cards. yeah, so I was like, yeah and <laughs> okay good luck that sounds hey, great hey, you know? pick the right ones you know like they're like for sure the um well, I don't know. I have, I'd have to look at them again. I was trying to think of a really sure. good common card, but uh, um, mine's Pelicor Mercenary, okay? So I'm going to be trying to corner the market on Pelicor Mercenary <laughs> because I think he's going to be, uh, he's a beast once he gets that self-heal. Um, he has one of the higher win rates too once he has his self-heal because he flies and he dodges and stuff. But the, um, you know, the, we, we just have this opportunity right now to, to get a lot of cards, get them cheaply. And right now, not only is it, uh, like a side bonus of that is the SPS airdrop is still going on for so so as you build up your collection power you're going to get a little bit more SPS um, you can decide whether or not you want to keep that or, or sell it I think it really depends on you know if you're selling SPS to get cards and you're only getting a little bit I can kind of support that 
I, I don't think right. cashing out SPS right now would be a good idea. No, not at all. If you, I would just hold it and, and hope it goes up to a dollar, so you get a few dollars instead of a dollar. Right. <laughs> but um, that that's one of the things that that I see that's kind of in kind of you know a fun thing because I've you know I would have loved if when I was building up my deck before if I was also just getting airdrop some other token. Um, right. That, that <laughs> that's what I'm cool. doing on my small account. It's like... So you know transfer it. It, it, yeah. it's it's just it's that time where if you can if you could look at more like what i can do right now in splinter lands i think you can start to feel a little bit better because right now you can get a level two summoner for like what 15 16 like 18 20 think, bucks yeah depending on which one you're going for yeah so you, you can get you can get some level twos for 20 bucks you can get level threes and fours for probably under 60 dollars and you can um you know, you could you couldn't do that before. It just wasn't possible. And so you can set yourself up with those level four and five summoners, and then you can start sniping those reward those rare cards and those epic cards that you like for you know a couple dollars to a you know a quarter here and there. And I just think about if you can look at it like, hey, I you know I remember going to the magic store and hitting the quarter bin and grabbing a few of those cards right. and. You know, going over to the the case where you bought a couple for three or four dollars, and you made your deck a little bit better. And yeah. if you can do that, if you have the funds to do that, then I think you're going to be pretty happy uh, when the SPS airdrop comes to an end, and that starts to appreciate, and when vouchers are out, and when land is out, and when hopefully we start to go up again in Bitcoin. Because like I lived mm -hmm. through the uh, the twenty k to three k market. And that was that was a that was a long one. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, it's not that bad. I, I didn't, we'll I see. didn't, you know, I didn't buy or sell a lot of Bitcoin. I've always just, you know, kept my little bit that I have, and um, I, I, I actually use Celsius to just hold my Bitcoin and earn a little bit more. And it's just one of those things where I watched it go from wow, it's worth twenty k to wow, it's worth like three k. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. And, and that's, then, that's an experience that we're all going to have to get used to in these play to earn yeah, games. Yeah, so, you know, uh, 20 to 3 is a lot worse than 65 to 35 when yeah. you think about it. Percentages and, you know, it, 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 if it gets down to like the 20s, it'll be close. But yeah. it's just a different world. And Splinterlands can't boom while the market's going down, while there's outside yeah. forces in the world that is hurting every market. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard, you know. That, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing though is like if you are a krill, this is the best time. You don't want to accumulate assets when they're way overpriced. You want to accumulate assets when they're super cheap, right? And then wait for the next time they go up in price. That's that's the really, if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, that's what you want to be doing, not the other way around. Yeah, I was quite shocked when I went to put in some bids on a rare card the other day, and my bid was like 14 cents, and they got filled for like 20 cards, and I was like. <laughs> Who sells rare cards for 14 cents? That's just the market now. <laughs> I, I don't know who, like, I, I don't understand it. I've never understand the people that sold the cards very cheap. And I've always, I've always liked adding them to my deck. But, you know, I've always been someone who wanted to level up my cards. I wanted to have the ones to be competitive. I wanted to compete in the tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, my play style has changed a little bit. Now I want to be able to kind of play the game but really i enjoy making the content and mm -hmm. and trying to introduce new players and trying to support them 
um, trying to teach them how to get into the blogging side of it if they don't have money. And if they have money, trying to teach them where to spend it for the most value and, and those kind of things, because I, it does feel like, you know, there's a couple projects I'm in that feels like they're going to make people move up a whole tier of class, in my opinion, if they're in them and they have a lot of assets and Splinterlands is one of them. Gala games is probably another one though. That one's getting a little more shaky to me because sure. they're not releasing games, but they keep asking us to buy very expensive things. Well, you never have to <laughs> release a game if they just all buy all the stuff beforehand. <laughs> uh, they drop some NFTs. Like if you, if you think Waka is expensive. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I, but, I mean, yeah, this has all been really good uh, stuff. And I, I want to do one kind of fun thing as, as we end, because we've been talking a lot about, yeah. you know, problems or investments or like, uh, you know, all this crazy high level stuff. So let's just have fun for a second. First thing, uh, just hold on for a second. I got to do another line noise here because <laughs> we have officially, because of Sugar Mom, hit 2,000 gargoyle lines. So we are <laughs> crushing it. I don't know what Splinter Lens is going to make me get. I'm still waiting for an answer. Last offer I put out there was 15,000. So Splinterlands, where are you at? Where are you at? I want to hear it. <laughs> so thank you, Sugar Mom. But then uh, as well, I want to have just a quick discussion, something fun. We did get to see the new legendary airdropped card, the dragon one. Wow. I don't know how well people are going to be able to see it on the smaller screen, but let me try to zoom in here a little bit. But we got the, oops, that was too much zoom. Let's see. All right, it is, if I can pull it back up, the carnage titan that's kind of a cool name 11 mana at level one two melee but it also has reach and double strike level two it gets to three melee level uh sorry yeah level three gets the giant killer i believe that is right and then level four gets the four melee damage so initial thoughts are you fomoing over this are you like not impressed <laughs> how do you uh, how do you feel about the carnage titan so so his 11 mana cost is an interesting one especially on the dragon team where you only are going to pull them out out in in high mana a lot anyways so he fits in spectacularly in the new set you're going to sit him behind uh, what robo dragon knight and have 22 mana in your first two spots and two tanks <laughs> that you're just like come on kill us you can't you can try but you can't but i mean it's an amazingly powerful card it's for me it's combo with kitty is ridiculous because then he can't miss on a double strike um i can already see comboing it with any any with cards with opportunity um i mean not opportunity um the one that gives plus one attack uh inspire? my mind inspire yeah my mind went, oh went that's that's there. instantly where my mind went because i'm yeah. just i'm putting out a water deck build on friday and to give you guys a sneak peek I talk about the Demented Shark and then River River Hellendale level two gets inspired as well. So you could literally use uh, Quicks plus your water deck. And even at level one, you're getting four melee damage. At level two, you'd be getting five melee damage double strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you can make him not miss, I want to I want to combo him with Kitty and Death and use the little one cost uh, guy that gives the inspire at max level. So for just 12 mana, you could have them out there doing 10 damage on double strikes. <laughs> but the the um the but I, I I don't know. It's it's a really really powerful card. I mean, I heard them in the AMA say maybe he's weak to magic, but magic doesn't really hit second spot on right. very many attacks unless it's on blast. 
Yeah, Blaster, um, Chaos Dragon, Random, Scattershot, but that's not going to yeah. be enough to take it down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's but, so it's a very, very powerful card. Especially... The weird thing is, though, like I think the one thing that it, it's going to be interesting to see how people fit it into the matches, besides like a 99 mana battle, okay, of course, like you can use it. But it yeah. is interesting because usually people, for the most part, are putting in tanks that are already, as you said, high mana, whether it's 7 mana or even up to... 10 11 mana so that could be such a big chunk of mana as a reach monster you don't necessarily want to put him in the front uh because then again then he would be taking that magic damage so I, i'm trying to think i'm um, wondering how many scenarios are actually going to be viable to spend 11 mana on your second monster well he combos really well with uh life and earth then because they both have two cost summoners with magic reflect yeah um so you put him behind there and you're talking sure. 13 mana and now you got a big beefy hitter behind a magic reflecting you know you know they one of them is kind of a dodger the other one is more of a weakener depending on if you go failed summoner or the or the other one yeah, so, I see that. so i could see him i could see him fitting into those kind of decks um i definitely think in high high mana he'll be a beast with kitty because he won't miss and he'll probably be doing 10 damage a turn minimum if not 12. um oh, man. so and, and then he'll have five speed too so he won't be slow anymore so it's just one of those things where it's just it's a big beefy card and i actually think that it's kind of nice to see because if you don't have a maxed out robo dragon knight then he could almost fill that position on the dragon team for you mm -hmm. i mean he wouldn't be a front row tank but he'd be like a secondary tank that is just as big and just as strong yep um one of the things that's interesting too is he's the only shielded uh, secondary tank I've ever seen. But I'm trying to understand, like, when would that play into effect? Um, like, what what Malay or Archer hits a Malay guy in the second position? I mean, I think it's more so if it falls to the first position. First right? position, right? You know, your first tank's gonna die, and then he can yeah, other than that, it's only ups, it would only be a scattered shot from an Archer, right? The, yeah. From a ranged monster that he would then or take blast out damage as well. But Blast is usually magic. Oh, well, Yoden. I guess he's a good yeah. Yoden counter, no, there, right? There's, there's a few yeah. uh, Blast range monsters, like Prismologist in the life deck. Yeah, that's true. There's a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to get... We got to get your spicy hot take. Does this Carnage Titan become the new most expensive legendary airdrop? I think it's still Grum, right? If I'm not wrong. Let me double check. But does it overtake Grum? It won't overtake Grum because it's... Well, maybe it will. Let's see. Let me make sure this is still accurate. I mean, Grum is fun because it's got the bloodlust, right? And that's always fun to like see your stats go up. But at the same time, it is a very slow 11 mana card. So it, I don't know. It, you know, it's I only think only fire as well. So I think your take would be better on that than my take. Um, I I would say he wouldn't get uh, more expensive than Grum because I feel like everyone wants a Grum. Well, whereas people who don't have dragon summoners are going to pass on this. Um, but maybe everybody has at least one dragon summoner and will want at least one. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say because, you know, Grum is the only monster besides guild battles that have bloodlust. So it's like pretty unique in that way. However, your dragon monster can be paired up with any single deck. So it just gives so much more utility that yeah i don't know it's hard because again as you said how many people have leveled up quixes as well and, and use their dragon deck 
more than their other decks. I don't know. I, I, I think for me, he's more valuable than the Grum. I don't know if the price will reflect that, but it's new, it's shiny, it's dragon. Dragon monsters are pretty dang expensive usually. So I, I'll say yes, I'll say it overtakes Grum. Okay, yeah, I see, I'll, I'll see I there. kind of believe it now because I wanted to know a player who's got more like a, a smaller budget in mind like if they're like oh i gotta have that card well to be fair quix because... is like my favorite summoner and he's like the most leveled up so <laughs> a little biased here yeah that makes sense that makes sense if you if you since i since we got you that quix i could see why that card would stand out to you so much then again he might be a little bit more because i would say grum's one problem is that one speed you mm. know it's cool in reverse speed every other time it's quite frustrating to see him miss people <laughs> yep so you're like oh he could have hit them killed them got bloodlust no bloodlust, but you right. just missed <laughs> right so i i really like the three speed because i think that's like a a number where you see less misses like the ones in the twos miss a lot more than threes and yeah. since he's on dragon which already has um well i know the level it's i i try to like not always talk about the cards when they're at max level because I know not everybody's used to them having all of those debuffs. No, buffs. no, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, there's lots of ways to boost his speed um, on the dragon team and comboing him with any team that has a speed buff. Um, yeah. I mean, so. uh, yeah. The, the double strike is pretty good. I mean, someone in the chat, uh, the Yaj said the shield when it gets level three will counter against thorns, which I think that's pretty smart because I think that's the one weakness down at bronze and silver. You know, there is a lot of Mylor potentially, so you could be killing yourself quite a bit with that double strike. Yeah, uh, I mean, a, a, shield, a shield with seven armor, you're not going to kill yourself on thorns very quickly. Yeah, not quickly. It'd take quite a few rounds. You're right. You're right. So that is a that is a good a good point of view here on that card. It definitely, I mean, I think it's a beastie card. I think it'll be pretty expensive. Um, I, I I don't know how much is Grum nowadays. I think he was thirteen or fourteen when I just looked. Uh, thirteen fifteen. So he's dropped off. I think at one point he was almost twenty bucks. It's just hard to to tell. I mean, I think. Um, yeah, I think he'll replace Grum if Grum's that that low. I think he'll start off probably more expensive than $13. And then as people open packs and get more, if the market is still low, then it'll still trend down a little bit. Yeah. All right, well, that's our hot take. We'll see if we're right. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I don't know. I, I'm hoping to get one. I, I still haven't gotten a single airdrop card. So <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for this one. If any of them come through, this would be the one. I'm like, please, oh, please, that would be awesome. But sweet. Well, uh, I think we've taken up quite a bit of time. So thanks everyone for being in chat. Uh, Stevert, you want to shout out again? I think I put your YouTube in the description, but I'll put it in the chat again. Uh, anything you want to shout out or where people can see you at? Yeah. I mean, again, my main channel is my YouTube. I do have a Hive blog that you can follow to get in on my giveaways. I have a link to my Telegram group if you want to make sure that you see my alt accounts and their giveaways, though I share them in Luke's Discord as well. Um, I do try to help out newer players when I can, uh, especially if you're somebody that gets into doing content and stuff. So I'm going to give Luke a gift right now. Oh, and what? I you're think on you're gonna, my stream? And you're yeah, gonna... and I think I think this one's uh -oh. going to impress you. 
Uh-oh, Sugar Mom just gave another gift. He's trying to outbid you here. Oh, baby! He, I, I don't think... Well, you know what? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make her work hard to, to meet this one. It, I was it is a guy, you. despite the name Sugar Mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. I was watching your stream the other day, and I was very frustrated with your Dragon Magic deck. So I wanted to help you out with something. Okay. All right. So we got the Jin Muriat <laughs> from Sugar Mom and then Steever, the Delta. There we go. Holy crap. Oh so my God. I had an extra level seven. So oh that, that should help you a little bit out in the gold level league. Level seven? <laughs> Steve. Okay. Holy crap. What is wrong with you, dude? Oh, what? <laughs> Yeah. You're a guest on my stream. I should I have given you a gift, man. I, I know, but I want you to Holy not. Crap. I, I, like you kept playing a, like a level oh. one Dwellwind with your Oshanis and like lowering its oh level. I'm gosh. like, what is he doing? Well, I'm gonna cancel my <laughs> rental on that level one. I didn't. I didn't even own it. I was renting that. I know. I know. So, Holy crap! You know, is... just, 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 you know, a, a little something. You know, I really appreciate that you're you're sticking with this and you're making all the content. You're bringing new people to the game. So, dude, you are ridiculous. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't know why you're so kind, but I appreciate that you're so kind. <laughs> and and more so than just the gifts. I hope everyone knows. I genuinely actually just like hanging out with you. I mean, this is why we have you on the podcast and it's been so fun on the Zen yeah, Sports you know, it's podcast been great. as well. You know, I really like, you know, it's kind of funny. I met your channel and then I've met a lot of different other players. It's just fun to be able to talk about the game with people and, and just have fun and, and have these discussions because i can't have them with most people because they, they don't understand the game they would they they kind of scoff at the idea that i have cards they're worth a lot of money you want to want to learn about it no no they don't <laughs> <laughs> so well i will shout out as well sugar mom sorry you got overshadowed there but uh, if you didn't see that on the screen the jin muriat is also a card i didn't have which i am very thankful for because that's uh my death deck is definitely one of my go-to. Dragon yeah. Death and Water. You know, maybe he saw the future because that'll combo well with your new summoner as well. I, right, right. <laughs> it's like you guys planned this together. <laughs> uh, I think um, Sugar Mom the other day, I don't know if you saw this, but on stream, he called you and uh, himself my splinter dads. I don't know if you're okay <laughs> with that, but <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. But no, I'm not going to say that. You've earned it. I mean... <laughs> You, you you've you've like you put out a lot more content than a lot of us you do it really well you spend a lot of time doing it and you do it from a point of view that the bigger players don't have like i can't understand the the krill's journey i can't understand the idea anymore and, and well, I know i'm not gonna be able I'm... to understand anymore if you keep <laughs> dropping me cards like that <laughs> oh it's just a gold league summoner it's just an old one that's oh yeah, true i won't be able to use it in the modern format but yeah, still yeah. i mean that's also one in the tournaments uh you could still use delwin in the bronze league because i think it's an old reward card right yeah it is a rewards card that's why i said so, i had an extra one yeah it was like oh. i never could use the level two <laughs> so yeah uh, it, it, for everyone that thinks i'm being like super generous to him most of the stuff i've given you are old rewards cards so i did I'll get them for free I'll take them. <laughs> uh jordan says i love you stever i will name that as my first porn's name <laughs> okay that might be a little too far but <laughs> do you think he's gonna add the 82 like is this like a <laughs> Is this like a pop star who like names her kids something like, you know, Northwest or like Apple four, six or 
or what was Elon's kid's name? Something like a bunch of like binary code or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm just hoping all the other players, you know, that they, they, they can stick with the game and then they can play it. And then one day you can be like, man, look, I've got like five maxed out Pelicor mercenaries and now they're worth hundreds of dollars. So let me give them to this new player and it's not a big deal to you. Jeez. Because you can grind that far if you stick with it and you believe at least Splinterlands isn't going to fail. And so that's really where you should be judging the game in my opinion. I go. feel like they're doing the right things. The game's continuing to grow, even if it's growing slower. Um, there's still a, a, a whale community that supports the game a lot and buys quite a bit of cards and holds quite a bit of assets. And uh, Agro said he wants that Splinter Island, and he's, you know, it's not the first time I've heard of Splinter Island. There's a reason why it got <laughs> brought up. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, uh, I put a tweet out today. I was just thinking about this. I'm like, man. Splinterlands is generally, you know, one of the nicest, like, kindest communities, even for a competitive game. You know, often I, I'm just so used to the League of Legends, the Valorants, the, the things of, like, and, you know, and those are team-based games, so it's, you know, it's understanding that people get pissed off and want to flame their teammates when they're not doing well. But Splinterlands has just, you know, been, like, the most generous community. I'm not just saying that to shill Splinterlands, like, you know, it, it's... It's not my company or thing to shill, right? I'm just making content about it. But like, I actually have just made more friends. I've had more fun hanging out with other content creators like you and, and other ones have been so generous and kind. People are sharing stuff. You know, we're all trying to delegate stuff out. And because of because of you and Sugar Mom, I've been able to like delegate people to get to at least bronze two and start earning DC, stuff like that. And, you know, it just seems like everyone wants to pass pass around the love pass around the generosity you know there are a few people that you know seem like they're kind of out there just for the giveaways but other than that like i feel yeah, like this yeah. is one of the best gaming communities i've been a part of yeah and i've i've met like a lot of people that i appreciate and i like them a lot and i've met a lot of players who come in and they're like oh the game you know it's it's kind of crazy when they say that it can change your life but it definitely changed my life i never thought like you know i'm gonna be 40 soon oh no but the 82 should have given that away <laughs> and like i'm getting to the point where it's like yeah if if splinterland stays around and a few other games stay around i could possibly retire at like 43 or 44 off of play to earn games and and that when i see that i'm like that's wild because i have you know my 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 father passed away because he worked far too hard all his life and mm. Yeah. you know i i watched i've seen you know like the, the real world grind that's out there and so to see a chance for a digital thing to kind of set that aside and like to grow the tent and stuff i know that i have to be willing to like give stuff and be nice and, and not be that guy who's like oh i'm gonna take everything i have and pull every ounce out of this game because that'll kill it you know we have to grow the game grow the player base and hopefully you know we can continue to do that kind of stuff and I, i'm not the only generous player at the top i know that there's some others oh, yeah. out there clove every week you know she's running those tournaments and doing yeah, those things no and just, <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's why i keep telling people you know yes there are those people who are just trying to play to earn to pay bills today but if you're really in this for like i want long-term growth then pick your games that you think are actually going to last at least three years right and that's that's where you're gonna see the long-term growth the long-term your assets you know hitting that next big bull run whenever that is you know if splinterlands you don't believe in it for three years i'm not gonna sit here and argue with you all day like that's your decision right but yeah. i think for me it's one of those companies that i've 
been trusting and seems to be advanced further than 95% of the other projects I look at. Uh, so, you know, it, it, to me, it's like, yeah, okay. It might be slow, slow growing for us, but I, I definitely think that in three years we could be seeing some, some big gains and, and really, you know, as you said, potentially some people could change their lives in one way or another, whatever that looks like for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody's story is going to be a little different how far you have to get into the game to make impact on your life is going to depend a lot on where you are and what you're doing. It's just a fun thing to be a part of. And that's one of the things overall in crypto that it's fun to see and do. And what, you know, I first got into crypto to get into games because I saw this, like I, I, the reason why I use Celsius is because the guy who runs it kind of taught me something that nobody else in the world taught me. And that's that the financial system wasn't on our side. Um, it's there's a lot of rules and that are like meant to keep us from doing a lot of things that are really really unfair at least in america uh they block us out we get iced out of like all kinds of things and then eventually i found my way to play to earn gaming and it just fit with me and i understood that like yeah it makes sense that if i'm gonna put all this time and energy into this even if it is fun that i get to own some of those things i use yeah it made it made a lot of sense to me and so I, I, I think Splinterlands has done it the best. I wasn't an Axie player, so I don't have that to compare to, but, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. know if you want to trigger people right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but th those are the two big names that I think get, get thrown around the most out there. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I, I just want, I want to see it continue. I want to see it continue to grow. Hopefully, you know, we have the Splinterlands TV also coming up that we didn't talk about, which will be interesting to see if maybe that brings some more eyes to the game. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see how things go over the next few months. Yeah. As I said earlier, I think these next six months are going to be like the marker for me. It's going to be really interesting. Not that it's, you know, a complete make or break over the next six months, but I think they need to step up their game in the next six months. And I definitely think they're in a position where they can do that with the team that they've built around them. So if they don't do, you know, make these improvements over the six months, then maybe I'll start questioning, as I said earlier. But I think from what I've seen, they have a good plan ahead. They got the team working on things now. And I think, you know, the game we see now that we're all kind of maybe complaining that the rewards are really low, <laughs> you know, won't, won't be the same game that we see six months from now. And you know, those of us who hold on, I think we'll have a, a you know, maybe a, a potential smile on our face then if my theory is right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we will, you know, uh, you're, you're right. You can judge the game harshly over the next few months. If they continue to not put out the stuff they said they would put out, I, I think even I will be like, okay, you know, it's time to start selling stuff again. Cause I said that once before when we were way too high and I'll say it again, if I think, you know, that that you know if i stop buying and start selling i'll let my community know so <laughs> yeah. all right well you were asking me earlier if we could go for two hours talking we almost did so I oh, think yeah. this is a good point to stop we've yeah we've been talking all day so this is awesome i love the content i hope you guys have enjoyed it as well i hope uh this has been helpful for you guys um oh it's just not i was like did i get more gifts from you guys it was just the same ones i don't know why splinterlands notifies me of the same gifts like a hundred times <laughs> uh splinterlands if you're out there fix that bug please for me but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh chat thank you guys so much for being here for the whole time i'm trying to click over uh to the youtube so i can say goodbye here but i think i'm i messed up here <laughs> that's fine uh thank you guys so much for hanging out if you guys enjoyed this let us know 
uh, definitely maybe could be interested in, in doing like a, a weekly talk show instead of just doing gameplay all the time. If you guys find that maybe a little bit more beneficial, we could mix it up with that. I don't know how, how you guys think of it, but it'd be fun to have you, Steve, back on and maybe get some other, you know, we got, we got lots of friends going on here between Dwayne and Jim and Crypto Llama and all these other Ashleys here today. I think I saw ultimate gaming here earlier so we could have a we could have a potential good cast if uh we want to so. yeah it would always be fun to get some other voices in there right because you also want to hear different opinions and you want to hear different stories and why people can't got into things and the more we show people like people at different levels of their journey too is always cool yeah we need to get three content creators on and then one just really angry bitter person that's been like <laughs> commenting on my youtube videos about how this i literally okay before we go i got <laughs> the funniest comment came in the other day and it was splinterlands is just a really long-term rug pull and i was like a long-term rug pull you mean just like a business that fails over time because a rug pull <laughs> the whole thing about rug pull is that it's not real that they just pull the assets out of the game and they kill the project before you buy in how could they have a long-term rug pull that doesn't make sense <laughs> i was just like what <laughs> like like what else are you gonna accuse them of i just thought that was so funny yeah yeah they apparently don't know how many cards aggroed and uh, matt own because it's not a good idea to buy your own assets and hold them if you're gonna rug pull them yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> and you're right i don't know how you rug pull at this point i mean i think every uh game out there has a uh a little bit of a problem of over promising and undering under delivering and that is really something that is going on in the world right now we need more people that know how to do dev work mm. um they're very very high in demand and um it can be hard to, to get good people and then get your project done and do what you want to do and in the crypto world you know that can lead sometimes to projects just never ever doing anything oh look at that you got something else I huh? <laughs> sure smokes a lot dropping the, like where are all these legendaries coming in today i thought that was going to be a line so thank you sir smokes a lot good thing we kept the stream going for another minute <laughs> yeah oh man yeah no i think uh you know at this point i i think we can safely say splinterlands is not a rug pull could it be a business that goes bankrupt one day yeah that's possible for any game any company that you invest in <laughs> so. yeah yeah the, the crazy thing to think is they literally made more income than they ever have before in the last two months even right. though the sales like for some people might see kind of sad they they doubled their price and sold seven and a half million packs when their previous release was only 1.5 million packs yeah so and in a bear market yeah and and so they did all they did that which gave them a tremendous amount of funds and the the other thing if they were gonna like just run away that would have been when to run away not to ramp your company up to like 100 employees 150 start spending all that money on better development you would just be like yeah we're gonna start doing town halls every other week and then once a month and then they're gonna Not wait for anymore. another year until all the chaos <laughs> legion packs sell out and then they're gonna run away from the game <laughs> oh man yeah it's it's just funny what people will say and you know yeah they're, but they're entitled I, to their opinion you know that's I, fine you know um, i can understand it though because if you came in and you bought at the top and you thought you were going to get rich and instead you got wrecked and then you don't even like the game 
which means you probably shouldn't have ever bought in, but you're like, I don't even like this game. And now my cards are worth nothing. And you're going to be angry and you're going to be salty and you're going to sell me your cards for, for 17 cents on rares and dollar yeah. fit. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, so much wisdom there. And, and that's making me very bullish that we need to do an episode two. And Jim's in the chat says I'm free. So we'll get Jim Morgan. Maybe we'll get Steve back and we'll have to do another little uh, round table discussion and maybe there'll be even more news. We, we barely even touched on the, the Warner music. So maybe we'll have to talk more yeah, about that. Yeah. We don't time. know enough about it to get too into That's it. true. That's true. I mean, it, the potential is amazing, right? I mean, but we don't know how much of it's going to come into Splinterlands. I mean, yeah. I tweeted out when, when's the Ed Sheeran game coming out? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's I didn't know actually Warner music who they had and they have a like a huge catalog of artists but i just saw ed sheeran and i was like oh my gosh ed sheeran nft game please <laughs> so funny um, uh, oh, it man. would it would and and we'll have to see what they have i mean i with the first thing they mentioned a music producer type game that makes sense right it's something that you would market to those people how do you tie that into splinterlands i don't really know um i mean just just add but, rising star into Splinterlands. <laughs> rising star shouldn't have made the partnership with Warner Music. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't have quite enough players. You don't make videos about them, Luke, so nobody knows <laughs> well, about them. No, I'm joking. I don't know if it's worth it to make videos about them, to be honest. I mean, people talk about it in my Discord, so... Uh, if you want to go chat up in the Discord, I guess you can go talk about Rising Star. You, but... you reminded me. I have to go click a button. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time, Steve, in this podcast, has just been literally hitting the Rising Star. I don't even know what it's called. What's the button called? It's like go uh, it, it's, perform or something. Yeah, it's like just start mission, literally, <laughs> I think. Yeah, start. There's a start button that you press every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, again, we could talk all night, but thank you guys for being here. We've already had four goodbyes. This one is official. Yeah. Uh, Ragnarok rap battle, maybe next time. No promises. And thank you guys again for watching. And give us feedback in the chat and Discord. I want to know if we should do something like this again and bring on other people. But for now, we are going to peace out. Adios, Paul. Um, thanks for watching. Please tune in to Stever as well. Steve r82 on youtube thanks for coming and a last second gift the scorch fiend oh my gosh another legendary i can't quit. steve i can't quit the stream you oh sure you want to stop no, uh, no i don't i don't want to stop but yes i do want to stop that's wild oh my god uh, goodbye everybody it was great it was fun goodbye. thank you for the gift much love we'll see you guys next time